Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 podcast. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position. An economist at Google said that the sexy job in the next 10 years will be statisticians. No matter what industry you go to, there is almost always going to be data that's being collected and it takes a statistician to be able to know the result you're getting from those analysis actually makes sense. That importance of having human element in interpreting these results, that's where a statistician comes in and that's simply never going to go away. It's Felicia Gopal of the Career 100 Podcast. This is episode 24. I want to thank all of my listeners for joining us again today, and I thank you very much for continuing to listen. We're going to be continuing today our series on the top 100 careers, and today we're going to be talking to a statistician. Statisticians use the power of math and probability theory to answer questions that affect the lives of millions of people. They tell educators which teaching methods work best, they tell a policymaker what levels of pesticides are acceptable in fresh fruit. They tell doctors what treatment options work best. And they tell builders what type of pain is the most durable. They are employed in virtually every type of industry imaginable, from engineering to manufacturing to medicine and including animal science, food production, transportation and education. Statisticians is a career that is expecting growth of about 14 to 20 percent between now and 2020. Our guest today is Eric Nance who's currently working as a statistician in the life sciences industry. Eric majored in statistics with a minor in computer science at Grand Valley State University and graduated with a bachelor's of science degree. He then enrolled in a graduate school at Western Michigan University and earned a Master's of Science in Statistics and then a Ph.D. also. During his education, Eric gained valuable statistical consulting experience and research skills that are the key to his career today. Outside of work, Eric has launched his own podcast called the R Podcast, which we'll hopefully hear him talk a little bit about, which gives practical advice on using R statistical computing software package to achieve an innovative statistical analysis results. Well, that was quite a mouthful. You're going to have to tell me a little bit more about the R statistical computing software package. But Eric, tell me a little bit about how you became a statistician. Well, first of all, Felicia, I wanted to thank you again for the opportunity to join you today on your really innovative series of podcasts. So I um, really appreciate the opportunity. And as far as what kind of got me into statistics, you know, it really all started actually in high school, where now you're hearing about this in more and more high schools. But when I was in high school, they had just recently launched a um, AP uh, statistics course. And while a lot of my friends are actually rolling into the, you know, calculus, pre-calculus track of it, I decided to kind of see what this course had in mind, so I decided to elect to take that. And, you know, I kind of liked it. Don't really know why I liked it, but it was kind of interesting to see how math could be applied in situations to actually analyze data. So then going to college, I was one of those students that, 
actually didn't know exactly what major I wanted to get into. So I was undeclared for my first year, but I always heard people say, hey, Eric, you might be a decent engineer. You have good math skills. So I took a couple intro courses in engineering, but then I realized that really wasn't for me. And it was around that same time that it was required that we take an introduction to statistics course. And when I took that, that's when something just really clicked and it kind of tied together how much I enjoyed the course in high school with this intro to statistics course and seeing just how prevalent statistics is in so many different types of fields. And you even touched on that in your introduction earlier. It's basically everywhere. And I really enjoyed going from forming a hypothesis to collecting the data to then interpreting the data and making sense of it to real people like us. And that's when I decided to kind of pursue it full time in my major. And then I liked it so much, I decided to actually go into graduate school for it. And through that, I was able to land an internship at one of the companies in the life sciences industry. And it was a summer internship, but it was really important for me to see how what I was learning in the classroom and in my brief consulting experience and some of my courses was applying to a day-to-day job in the industry. And I really enjoyed it. And I was fortunate enough that once I finished my dissertation, I was actually able to join the company full time as a permanent position. And I really, you know, enjoy my job and statistics is a really exciting field to be in right now. Well, you know, it's interesting that you should say that because I will tell you that one of the things that has been most enjoyable for me about this particular series is the fact that oftentimes I will talk to guests like yourself who were introduced to a field because of their interest, perhaps in high school, perhaps through a parent, perhaps by somebody in their background and family who introduced them to this whole new field. Because oftentimes I think one of the common mistakes in my mind that students make is they keep their vision of their future so narrow because you said that people had told you that you were good in mathematics and perhaps you should go into engineering so you took some classes with that but you realized that engineering was really not your thing in particular you said that engineering wasn't for you so that you tied it back to your background and the classes that you took in high school and then were able to go on into finishing up your undergraduate degree and then going on to pursue a master's. And I think the thing that I'd like to leave students with is the fact that there are lots of ways that you can pivot classes or a background and go into a new industry. I love the fact that you did an internship. Is that common in your industry that there's lots of internships for students to go into and learn a little bit more about the industry before they make their final decision and start working? Yes, absolutely. I think it's becoming even more common now than even it was when I was looking for an internship because I think the fact that a lot of companies and all these different industries are realizing how important statistics are combined with how much more readily available data actually is, which I'm sure I'll touch on later in the interview, that if you look in the right places, i.e. you keep up with you know the industry in general and you take a survey of what companies are out there, chances are a lot of companies are offering, say, summer internships. And some of them, of course, may be paid, some may be not paid. But regardless of that, they are looking to hire you know students that are enrolled in some type of school to give them practical experience. But it's also 
a good way for these companies to kind of see if maybe they can hire somebody like, say, me when I was an intern at the time to see how much of a potential we would have as a future, you know, employee of that company. And these days, it's becoming a lot easier to find those opportunities. And actually, it's quite a competitive field as well. A lot of as you mentioned, statistics is growing and a lot of people are applying for these opportunities. So it's certainly a lot more common now than maybe it was a few years ago. You know, I think that that's one of the things that I'm pleased with as I go through this interview series because there was a couple of guests who were talking about the fact that there seems to be a disconnect with the number of students who are graduating with technical backgrounds and the number of jobs that are out there and available to them. So to know that statistics is an area where there is growth and there are jobs, I think is something that students need to kind of keep in mind as they start to make and look at what career fields they might want to go into. Absolutely. So what sorts of problems do statisticians address? Well, you know, it really runs a wide spectrum depending on what industry you're in and what your focus is. So you'll see statisticians that are more involved in the research field where they're trying to look at existing theory out there, say, from mathematics or even from logic or putting the two together to see what's the best appropriate ways to analyze some really complicated data. Then you'll have people that are more in the industry role or what I'll call like the applied statistics role where you may be using methodologies that are, you know, fairly defined, but they need a statistician and of course determine what is the best methodologies available, say for the design of a controlled experiment or for the analyses of a very large data set. And then the statistician is responsible for, you know, telling say what team they're working on, what methods are appropriate what kind of data is needed to really find the answer to a hypothesis of interest. And then, of course, once we actually get the data and whatever means that's available to us, it's up to the statistician to make sure that the analysis of that data is carried out correctly per the specifications that have been outlined in the analysis strategy. But then to kind of tie it all together, you'll get the results. But a statistician's important part of the role is to translate these findings from these really complicated algorithms, and sometimes a simple algorithm, but you know, to non-statisticians, this may seem like a totally foreign language. So a really important part for the statistician is to translate this into terms and you know, types of explanation that a non-statistician can get the key message and the key answer to what the data was saying, so to speak, in that particular research problem. So it's really across the spectrum of there are statisticians involved very early on when, say, a scientist, for example, has a research question of interest, but they don't really know where to go to next. And then a statistician can come in and really give good feedback, good advice on the type of data that's needed to address that question and also the kind of methodologies that are available to actually get to the answer that they're looking for. 
You know, the thing that I really kind of took away from what you were sharing was the role of a statistician is not simply a role of application of math. It's really an analysis role, and it really could be much broader and far-reaching. I liked the fact that you made the distinction between the role of research as opposed to applied, because I don't know that all students realize that there is a difference between the two. And it also seems that one of the key ingredients, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that a statistician is also somebody who is part of a team, and it's part of your job as a statistician to be able to interpret the data and then give recommendations. Is that a way to kind of sum up some of the things that you shared? Absolutely. And, you know, in my role in particular, that's one of the reasons I really enjoy being in the industry I'm in, is I am part of a larger cross-functional group of different types of scientists, you know, other types of fields. And we're all at the same goal, but statistics is just one piece of a puzzle, so to speak. But we're obviously a very important piece of that. As I mentioned, you know, it's not just getting these data for the answer of an experiment. It's actually analyzing that and communicating that to the rest of the team and to a broader audience in general. So, I think for a statistician to really succeed in their role, it really pays off to be able to function well in a team environment and be able to have some solid communication skills to translate what can be some really difficult results to a non-statistician into terms that they can understand. It's a vital part of the role. You know, I think that communication is really a vital part of the role of pretty much any position. But I think there's certain industries where people don't necessarily come into them expecting that that's going to be as important as it is to their job. They often think, especially sometimes when I talk to people who come from an engineering background, they think all they're going to have to do is do engineering, hardcore engineering. But they don't necessarily understand that if you're going to be working in the workforce in the U.S., many times you're going to have to be dealing with lots of people and being able to communicate your your position and make it something that non-statisticians are able to understand is going to be a key ingredient to their success, both in the short term and really into the long term. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it was something as I was learning about statistics and I was in my course at undergraduate school, you know, in the beginning, it's not that much emphasized per se, because you're getting say, a survey of the methodologies available and, you know, some of the classical parts of the theory. But then it's not really until I got into what we call the consulting class, where it was literally a class in which I and some other students were put in different teams, and we would actually work with faculty within the university on a research problem that they were dealing with, and we would help them with the analysis of that. But that was really the first time I saw just how important the communication aspect is or respect to statistics, where in the beginning, you don't really see that unless you actually go outside the box and start talking to faculty in the school or other students and kind of get their perspective on how it works kind of in the real world. So I mentioned earlier that I did get some experience in consulting, but that's kind of where things really started to take off for me as far as seeing what statistics was like in the real world, so to speak, and not just in the classroom. 
Yes, because there often is a difference between in the real world versus the classroom. And I think that that's true for many industries, not just the industry that you're in. Absolutely. Yes. So is there a career path to become a statistician? Do you start here? Everybody's got a degree in statistics and then they kind of go on. Yeah, so it's an interesting situation because lately in the field, we've started to see a lot of people coming from not having statistics degrees actually translating to statistics. Now, there's kind of a term for it. They coined the term data scientist a lot of times. You may see that as you look at things online. And what that really is, it's kind of a new term to, you know, statistics always kind of had a stigma associated with it, depending on who you talk to, because some people would say, oh, it's just another form of mathematics of a whole bunch of complicated formulas, and that, you know, statisticians are kind of loners out there. Well, I've never believed it, and I can tell you being involved with it, we are anything but those things. But in the advent of all this big data being available out there, and you can think of that as like all the data Google's collecting, all the data Facebook is collecting, just data everywhere online, that with the advances in the technology to collect these data, there is kind of a term coined called data scientists, where it was basically just like a statistician, but also those that can actually get involved with the actual, say, programming around the analysis of those type of data. Well, the reason I'm saying this is that you would often see people with other types of science degrees actually become a statistician or a data scientist where they didn't necessarily go to school for statistics. And is that the best approach? Well, that kind of depends on your perspective. For me, I'm glad that I took a degree in statistics from the start because I think it laid a more solid foundation for me to basically have what I need to be able to transition in almost any type of industry where statistics is a vital part of. So traditionally, the path has been, you know, getting a statistics degree. But I'm noticing more and more lately that other types of science degrees, you know, maybe it's a type of mathematics, maybe it's a type of biology or other types of science. They're also becoming statisticians maybe later in their career. But if I were going to recommend, you know, a path going forward, I would say that getting a degree in statistics and also at least having a couple courses in, say, uh, computer science definitely helps because now more and more resources are available for statisticians to actually conduct analyses themselves, you know, fairly easily with some really innovative software. And then if someone wants to go into what we call the research field, that's where going into graduate school really pays off, especially if someone wants to get into, say, teaching at a university. It's almost expected that they would go to graduate school to get a PhD. But if you want to go into industry, I've seen both cases where a bachelor's degree in statistics or something close to it has enabled them to get a job in the industry they're looking for, and also a master's degree in statistics also helps as well to kind of get more of a head start compared to where a bachelor's degree might take them. But that depends on the industry and the size of the company. Got it. So what I heard you say is that you're really kind of noticing is that it's not necessarily a requirement to be a statistician that you have the statistics degree. There are other people who have different sorts of degrees who are making the transition and starting to work in the field. 
but often their background is something that's closely aligned to statistics analysis. And is it safe to say that they've probably had some statistics classes, you know, either at the master's level or the undergraduate level that makes that transition easier? Yes, I would say so. In fact, I know a lot of colleagues, even at the company I work for, where they started with a degree in, say, science, and then in a either another graduate program or another type of program, they would have at least a couple statistics courses, some maybe more specialized than the typical introduction. And that gave them at least the start they needed to pursue the field, you know, in, in more time and give them what they needed to transition into that role. But it, it's becoming more so in the last, say, five to ten years that I really started to notice you know, it's not just a traditional path to say I took. There are also other paths from other sciences that are getting into statistics. And it's certainly that's kind of contributing as well to the growing number of statisticians out there. Perfect. So if you had the opportunity to give a young Eric advice based on what you know now, what advice would you give yourself now if you had the opportunity to talk to a young Eric when he was just getting started as a statistician? So one thing I've learned along the way that maybe I could have taken more advantage of very early on is to really find the opportunities, you know, outside the classroom just as much as inside the classroom. And is that a formal opportunity? Maybe, maybe not. And maybe just, you know, extending a conversation with, say, a professor or someone else in a university, you know, just picking a brain on what kind of research they're working on and how you might be able to help with that or at least learn from them. And that kind of gets to my global point of establishing a network early on, you know, not just, say, with fellow students. Maybe you're all interested in a certain type of data or a certain type of area, but then to really collaborate further, maybe conduct your own research on something The reason I'm saying this is that with today's World Wide Web, you know, Internet, it's becoming so easy to find real data and actually analyze it ourselves, where before those possibilities just weren't there. So I would tell myself to take advantage of those opportunities, you know, on my own outside the classroom to maybe put some things in practice that are outside of a typical textbook, see how some methods work with some real, you know, life science type data, maybe sports data, etc. Try these things and also try to take advantage of the avenues we have to make connections, not even just with your local student peers, but also around the world, you know, take a look at what people are writing about in, say, the blogs out there about statistics or other types of industries and kind of see what's out there and see what you can learn from that. And so I would say definitely take advantage of what we have now. Of course, if we had it back then, it's a different story. But be it as it may, I definitely encourage others to find what's out there with an industry they're really interested in and see whatever people are, you know, publishing out there, what kind of analyses they're doing and see if something interests you enough to really take that on yourself or extend it and find some collaboration opportunities that can really pay dividends, you know, not just from your own personal experience, but learning from others as well. I think that's really um, innovative and important skill to have. Well, certainly one of the things that I have benefited from in my own 
growth is the opportunity to learn from others and not just learning from others who are in my industry. Because oftentimes, if you can take the knowledge outside of your industry and bring it back into your industry, you can do new and creative and innovative things with it because not everybody is coming from the same particular box. And I think oftentimes that's where I've had the major growth in my own company is when I take something from outside personal finance and bring it into my business that I'm really able to see some really significant growth because I'm starting to see my business in a different way and it can give me, you know, quantum leaps in the development of what it is that I'm trying to do. Yes, and even within the field of statistics itself, we've had a somewhat similar situation in which, you know, we've had this advent of technology to analyze data, like the infrastructure becoming much more powerful, and methodologies have developed more from, say, the computer science side of things. They'll call these algorithms like machine learning. What that really is is just taking these hugely massive data sets and reducing them down to figure out what are the features, what are the key factors that are driving certain outcomes in that data. But now the statistics you know, industry is you know, kind of talking with this computer science side of it and really merging things together to develop these really important methodologies to handle what is becoming a cliche now of big data, but it's absolutely real. And that perspective from other industries has certainly helped statistics grow as well. You know, I'm going to take a little bit of a devil's advocate. It seems like sometimes there's just so much information out there. And what I find sometimes is it's hard to figure out what's important. If I was to ask you, is that kind of what a statistician can help me with is taking all the information that's out there on the whole college planning experience and figuring out these are the five things that parents really want to know something about? Absolutely, where if you have that data available, you know, of all these different types of measurements, maybe different factors, and you're looking for how to interpret this and boil down to like the top five important factors as you're looking for, a statistician can definitely help you interpret that data and weed out, say, the parts of the data that just aren't explaining anything with respect to the outcome you're looking for and really filter it down to just what's really important from that whole data set in general. So that's where statistics can be a great asset not just in situations where it was kind of predefined what you're looking for and what kind of data you have, but even if you have like a massive data set where you didn't exactly have the question in mind yet, but you want to try and make sense of it, statisticians can absolutely help you with that area as well. Perfect. So I think you've kind of touched upon it, but you might want to expand. What changes are going on in your industry that a person who is considering the profession needs to be aware of? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because it's kind of a multi-facet you know, answer to this. So, yeah, right, I did touch on the fact that data has become much more readily available and also a heck of a lot bigger. And this isn't just happening in, say, the world of, like, Internet marketing or Internet data collection. Like I said, we always think of Google and Facebook and Twitter with, you know, all the types of data being collected out there. But it's also happening within the life science industry as well. If someone's interested in pursuing that industry, you know, the technology is becoming a lot more readily available to collect 
very important and very complicated, what I'll call genetic data, which can really help lead answers to how certain patients may be responding to certain treatments with respect to these kind of genetic factors. And this is becoming really important in the field of, say, cancer research or other types of debilitating diseases. So one thing that's changing within the industry is the fact that technology of collecting these data and the magnitude of it has advanced exponentially, almost, like I said, exploded. A statistician today needs to be aware of the methods to handle those type of data because it's not like the situation where statistics was formed based on, you know, very limited data sets, you know, very small data sets from, say, mathematical type of experimental designs. Now it's just becoming so much more prevalent and a lot easier. And then the other thing I'll say that's changing is that it's becoming a lot more interesting and a lot more easier with the advent of social media and the fact that we're all connected in different ways for us to actually share how we're tackling these analysis problems and getting the results we're getting. There's kind of a term for this called reproducible research where the technology is enabling statisticians like me to not only publish online, say, the methods I used for an analysis and what the result was, but my actual, what I'll call programming, around how I actually got to the answers I received for my analysis. And it's making things a lot more transparent and, frankly, a, a lot more innovative for us statisticians to learn from each other, not only what are the methods people are using today in certain analyses, but practically how are they actually doing it. And that's where, you know, getting to my podcast actually called the R Podcast, where the R Statistical Computing Package is making it a lot easier for, you know, everyday full statisticians like me, even non-statisticians who take an interest in, say, statistical programming to actually make their analyses published online and have the methods available of how they actually did it and get feedback from other people around the world on you know, what worked well, maybe what things they can improve on. It's happening in a lot of other industries besides statistics, but the advent of social media and the fact that we can have an online presence very easily and through that presence get a ton of connections, a lot of feedback, depending on what we're putting out there. That's certainly important for people, you know, and today that are thinking of being a statistician to know that we have so many things available to share our work and learn from others where, you know, when I was going to school, that stuff just wasn't there. But now it's absolutely there and it's absolutely real. You know, I, I think that that is both a blessing and a curse about the Internet. I've got kind of mixed feelings about the Internet and social media and all the rest of that. I mean, it is great because you're able to get a lot of information out. And I imagine as a statistician and the fact that you were saying that things are more transparent, it also can mean that you can get feedback much quicker about perhaps flaws in your thinking. I tell people that I am brilliant at 3 o'clock in the morning, but the reality is sometimes when I run it by my friends, my family, my colleagues, it's not quite as brilliant as I think. And it seems to me that a software like what you were just talking about, sometimes people could then on the outside see and see if they could reproduce what you've done or also show you perhaps the holes in your thinking 
and what you might have missed in your analysis. Is that another way that this software and the social media could be intertwined? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, there's some new sites out there that are making what we call social coding a lot easier, where we can actually share the programs we developed to run an analysis. And of course, on top of that, share in more rigorous details what the analyses actually are. And so you're right, it's kind of a double-edged thing where you may get some great feedback and then also you may get some feedback saying, you know, hey, did you look at it this way and what, what you did may not be correct. And But the one interesting thing with statistics is that there almost is no 100% right answer because we always assume that there is always going to be what we call errors in the data and for how we assume it's distributed as. And all we're trying to do is minimize that amount of error that we expect in our interpretations. But statistics can never totally eliminate it as much as we would like to. That just is impossible. So I often see there's more than one way to tackle a problem and that perhaps there is a case where one may be more appropriate than the other. But I view it as more you know, expanding our toolbox, if you will, of methods that are available to see what someone with a different perspective can offer with how we, we tackle a research problem or how we even present the results we're getting. So I think it has, you know, the capability of really benefiting, especially those kind of early on in their career of what's out there and kind of getting real-time feedback. But like you said, it could certainly be viewed as kind of a curse as well. Absolutely. So what gets you up in the morning to serve your employers or serve really the statistical community? So I'll kind of touch on it a couple of ways. As far as statistics itself, you mentioned it earlier, where it's actually in as far as industries are concerned is a whole spectrum of different industries. And I'll tell you kind of why I chose the life science industry in particular. Well, it was one of those things where as I was learning more about how treatments are developed for patients that are having these debilitating diseases. And as I was taking courses in college, and one in particular was an intro to what's called biostatistics, where all it really is is statistics that's more applied to actual health type of data. But it really opened my eyes to see that, you know, statisticians are so important in how these experiments are designed and the type of data they're collected, but also how the results are interpreted, that that in the big picture can make a real difference to patients out there that are suffering from these diseases that, you know, we have the potential to find these treatments that can benefit them the most. And so that's why I really like working in the industry I work in is I feel each day I have another opportunity to make a real difference in somebody's life that's suffering from, say, a really uh, debilitating condition like, say, of course, cancer or Alzheimer's or other, you know, complicated and very difficult to treat diseases. And I really like the fact that I can take my love for number crunching, my love for, you know, analysis, you know, science to translate into hopefully a meaningful outcome for somebody out there. And just as far as statistics itself, what I really like about it is that it's growing so much and what we can do with it and how it can be applied in the big picture. And that I'm really enjoying seeing and learning from others with what they're doing with statistics and, 
sharing what I've learned from it and really getting good feedback from others out there. And that my podcast has always been kind of like my first foray into getting that type of feedback to kind of see whatever people are doing as well and sharing what I learned along the way so that maybe somebody down the road can get some use of it and help them with their career in the future. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that one of the benefits of podcasting is the opportunity for us to share what we're interested in. And it's very clear that you are somebody who is very excited about the field of statistics and being a statistician. So I'm going to ask you kind of a final question, which is, why do you think that being a statistician is in the top 100 careers? You know, I think I'll touch on a quote from actually an economist at Google that was talked about in, I believe, 2009. He has said that the sexy job in the next 10 years will be statisticians. And, you know, that quote, you can take it a lot of ways, obviously. But what I'll take from that is that all these different industries have a real need for statisticians to interpret the multitudes of data that are being collected and to get answers, you know, in a timely fashion and to be able to get a meaningful answer depending on the research problem. And no matter what industry you go to, whether it's mine in the life sciences, whether it's in government, whether it's in education, whether it's in, you know, even agriculture or business analytics, there is almost always going to be data that's being collected and the fact that, you know, somebody can learn the ins and outs of actually running a program to do an analysis. But it takes a statistician to be able to know the result you're getting from those analysis, if that actually makes sense with the research problem of interest, or if you're just getting more nonsense. So I think that desire, that importance of having human element in interpreting these results that, say, these algorithms are giving us, that's where a statistician comes in, and that's simply never going to go away. And in today's world, it's becoming a lot more prevalent and honestly a lot more almost a desire to have those statisticians in their organizations because of how valuable they can be to interpret the kind of data they're collecting. You know, I like that, and it makes sense to me because there is a whole lot of information that is out there. And oftentimes I know that as I am assessing and making decisions, it's just me who is making the decision. And I'm not always sure until maybe, you know, three months down the line, six months down the line, whether or not I made the best decision based on the decision that I made. But, you know, it's just like there was all this information out there. I had to make a choice. I made the choice, and I'm going to find out. Having a statistician in my business could, I imagine, keep me from going down bad roads as well as helping me make just smarter, more informed decisions. And it seems to me that that's really the key to being a statistician is being able to take the bundles of information out there and really being able to discern what is important and what isn't important and then helping businesses or medical or doctors or, you know, builders or many of the people that use statisticians make important decisions about other direction that they're going to go in. Absolutely. And the fact that, like I kind of touched on, it's easy for someone to say even run some basic analyses with their data with some tools that are readily out there. But it, it's not as easy to figure out, was that method correct? And the results that you're getting, is that really a robust result that is needed for that problem of interest? 
yeah, the statistician is that bridge to get to the meaningful answer of these type of data, but also having a statistician involved early on in the process of, say, figuring out what data do you need to address a research question of interest or a real problem of interest. That's where a statistician is also important, not just at the end stage of actually getting the data, but also helping inform, say, the team that's conducting an experiment of what kind of data is needed, what are the assumptions that are being made on that data, and what's appropriate for that type of data. That is, it's not easy, otherwise there would be a lot more statisticians out there, but the work is definitely rewarding for that type of role. So tell me a little bit more about your podcast, and could you also share, if people were looking for more information about you and your podcast series, could you tell us a little bit about that too? Absolutely. So it was about almost a year ago, a little less than a year ago, that I decided to start a podcast called the R Podcast. And to give you some background, there is a very powerful, what's called open source statistical computing software package called R that was developed in academia, actually, in New Zealand many years ago. But the reason R has resonated with me is that when I was actually conducting my dissertation research and I had my problem of interest and I was looking for the ways of carrying out the analysis method I needed, it turned out that the traditional software package that I've been using up to that point called SAS simply didn't have the method I needed and I could not find a readily available way to implement the analysis that I needed for my dissertation. But then as I was learning more about this new software called R, I saw that someone in the community, not even the developers themselves, had what's called an add-on package or an added piece of functionality to the existing software that actually had the method I was looking for specifically incorporated, specifically developed for the R package. And so that gave me kind of the capability of finishing up my dissertation and getting the results that I needed. And ever since then, R just kind of resonated with me because it's not only a computing statistical package, but it's also a community because it gives the capability of users like me who had absolutely nothing to do with the development of R to contribute via these what are called packages a new functionality to the software and share it around the world. And what this has done is it's made R kind of the de facto standard for new and innovative statistical algorithms that are readily available in R much earlier than you'll see them in other traditional statistical commuting packages. Now, I wanted to start the podcast because I have been listening to podcasts on different subjects for a long time, and I realized how much I benefited from it. And at the time, no one's done a podcast about you know statistical computing, and at that time, even about statistics in general. So I figured, why not me? Why don't I give it a shot and see what happens? And I've gotten a lot of great feedback from it, and I'm definitely looking forward to producing a lot of new and exciting content of how R can be used to achieve some really innovative statistical analysis results. So for those people who are interested in learning a little bit more, we will definitely have a link to his podcast in our show notes. Is there any other ways that people can get a hold of you or reach out to you? 
So I would say probably the easiest way is send me an email, and actually the email will be the same email I use for the podcast, where it's the word the rcast at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to reach me. All right. Well, thank you very much. So if you're interested in learning more about the college planning process, I invite you to visit our website, College Funding Resource. I also encourage my listeners to keep coming back to listen to more of our Career 100 podcasts. If you appreciate what we've been doing in our podcasts, our Career 100 podcasts, then I ask you to go and rate it in iTunes. At College Funding Resource, you'll be able to listen for free to guests like Eric, who've got great information to share with you about their particular industry. And I invite you to consider the information as you're starting to think about and consider what career you want to go into. Eric, I'd like to thank you very much for joining me today and sharing a little bit more about your background in education needed to become a statistician, as well as sharing the information about your podcast series. It sounds like something that somebody who is interested in the field of statistical analysis should definitely consider so that they could learn about a open source software that they can use perhaps before it comes to the masses through some of the other software that's available in your industry. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for having me. All right. And I want to thank all of my listeners for joining us today and hope you will join me again for the next installment of the Career 100 podcast. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.